This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Beating the Vikings who fall to 0-2. But here locally we've got, I mean, just big games. Giants, season could be on the line. Jets, Zach Wilson back under center now that Rodgers is on the shelf. And who better to talk to about the Week 2 slate than one of the greats in this business. He does an excellent job covering football for ESPN. His name is Sal Palantonio. How you doing, Sal? So I am doing great. It's really nice to talk to you. What's happening? Uh, there's a lot happening, and you know some of it not good. So I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, I was listening to you on the K show, and you know, I, I think you predicted that the Jets would win the AFC East. And as a Jet fan myself, I was excited. But obviously, watching Monday Night Football with Rodgers going down, you know, just leaves you distraught. Uh, so I want to ask you this, just to lead it off: uh, Do you still think they can make the playoffs with Zach Wilson? Yeah, that's a good question, right? So we don't even know if Zach Wilson is going to survive behind this offensive line <laughs> against the Dallas Cowboys' uh, pass rush because they are fast and tough and physical, relentless, and they're always coming for your quarterback. And uh, the Jets' deep offensive line, their two tackles, were leaking on the first two pass plays. Um, I think that's the number one question, whether Zach Wilson's going to survive, A, and who's the quarterback that they're going to bring in if that uh, if they need to take uh, the next step to another quarterback? So I don't know the answer to that. I don't think anybody does. It's way too early. Let's just try with the question, how in the world can they possibly hang with the Cowboys in this football game? And I think based on everything that I've studied and seen is you're going to go back to the future. You're going to go you know, medieval on the offense, Big Ten offense, two backs, try to run it as much as possible. Uh, Max protect Zach Wilson when you do have to throw the ball. If you do get into third and long, don't take any chances in the passing game. Don't take any chances that will reveal the inadequacies of your offensive line. Has Zach Wilson changed as a player? Don't know. Has he changed as a person? Absolutely. Uh, There's absolute evidence that he has, and he has definitely learned from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Rodgers has taught him uh, exactly how to handle himself and handle his business in a short period of time. I've seen it. Others have seen it. So that's a good first step for Zach Wilson becoming a good quarterback in the NFL. The question is, can he process information quickly under duress? Can he get the ball out of his hands quickly? to mitigate the problems on the offensive line. And then when he does do that, can he deliver the ball accurately and on time? He's got some wide receivers who can play. He doesn't have to do too much. Do you get the sense that the leash will be long for Zach? Because there are already, you know, there's some mumblings. The Jets could go out there and, and get another quarterback. I, you know, I know for Friday after we saw Kirk Cousins and the Vikings drop to 0-2, we're thinking maybe, you know, Minnesota could get out of it and they're 2-5 and by the bye week and, you know, there's a chance that he can be had. Do you, do you get the sense that Zach Wilson's got a, a long leash here with the Jets? I don't think there's any evidence that he has a long leash at all. Uh, I don't. I think, in fact, just the opposite. And, you know, and and come on, Zach Wilson's got to know that, right? He, he has to know that. Um, 
he's given a second lease on life, unfortunately, because of what happened to Aaron Rodgers. And it was truly devastating from a football standpoint and from the standpoint of Jets fans everywhere. They we're expecting a different kind of season. So no question that Zach Wilson is going to have a short leash. They should be looking at quarterbacks. They are looking at quarterbacks for sure. We know that. I don't have any names for you, unfortunately. I think they're keeping that very close to the vest. Uh, I had suggested on Get Up when you texted me. I had been going to get up the day before that with Mike Greenberg, and I suggested Nick Foles. But I've since found out that Nick Foles has lost a whole lot of weight. He's running marathons, and his heart's not in it at this point. Mm. All right, so there's that with Nick Foles. Uh, So yesterday, you know, Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee and kind of floated out this idea that maybe, just maybe, we haven't seen the last of him this season. And we know the the rehab is brutal. The timeline typically is 9 to 12 months. Have you heard anything about, you know, whether or not there is a possibility on the table that we might in some crazy fashion see him in the playoffs if the Jets get there? I would never put anything past Aaron Rodgers. I would never put anything past uh, modern sports medicine. But, and here's the big but in capital letters, an Achilles injury for a 40-year-old quarterback is very problematic. Why? Because every doctor that's been quoted everywhere from (laughs) New York Post, New York Daily News to the Wall Street Journal, there's a piece in the Wall Street Journal about it, is that, you know, it takes two years really to get your mobility back. <clears throat> Can you function on it? Yeah. Can you function as a quarterback in the NFL when you have to avoid the rush? Difficult. Can you function on it when you have to avoid the rush when your offensive line is what the Jets' offensive line is right now? I don't know, man. I think it's a long shot for him to get back this season. I think he's going to play again. Clearly, he's determined to do that. I think it's a long shot for him to come back this year. But I wouldn't put anything past him. So, you know, these are big, big questions that I think very few people have the answer to. Even the biggest experts in the medical community don't have the answer to because, you know, everybody has their own way to heal, their own timeline. So it's very difficult to predict. Sal Palantonio is our guest. All right, let's shift our, our focus to the New York Giants, who, in my mind, play a a critical game tomorrow. It, it, it's on the table that if they, after losing... Ty, by... hold on, Ty, Ty, hold on, hold on. It's a must-win game, Ty. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say. I don't want to hey, sound dramatic. That, I... Hey, Ty, man, hey, man hey, Ty, forget that stuff about how to be in a critical game. It's a must-win game, man. Come on now. You can't lose to the Cardinals. You can't go 0-2 and lose to the Cardinals. Come on, you know that. Right? Yeah, I was going to say, you, you lose to Dallas by 40 and then lose to a team that might be the worst in football. It's hard to find yeah. where the first win yeah. is coming. So, I mean, take it away, yeah, Sal. exactly. <laughs> you got you guys got it's a must win game for the New York Giants. No question about it. Absolutely. Here's what they got to do. Hey, Ty. They got to score a touchdown. First of all. That'd be nice. I mean, <laughs> that'd yeah. Be... That'd be nice, right? You know, but here's the thing. So the head coach is Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles last year when the Eagles went 3 and 0 against the Giants. Jonathan Gannon knows that offense. 
He knows Daniel Jones. Now, the offense has changed a little bit. I like Jalen Hyatt. Uh, he wasn't a factor in the game against the Cowboys. I like Darren Waller. Wasn't much of a factor. Uh, I like Daniel Jones. Uh, proved that he had some old habits uh, bubble up to the surface, unfortunately, for everybody. But, man, oh, man, whatever game plan you had for the Dallas Cowboys, make sure you double down and have something completely different for Jonathan Gannon because you were th- you were 0-3 against him last year. 0-3. Yeah, your offense scored seven points against him the last time you guys played in, the, in that playoff game in the divisional round, too. Yeah, exactly. And it's not, it's not, it's not like the Eagles had great uh, personnel. They had good personnel. I mean, but, you know, and the, the, the Arizona Cardinals don't have as good, but they have the same defensive scheme. I think this game's going to be a tough one for the Giants. Oh, no. Not to win, but I, I know, I'm saying. You think it'll be close? I want to I, I see this. Well, what's the line in this game? I don't even know. I think it's four. I, I think the line is right, four. Well, last I checked. Well, trust the number, man. Trust <laughs> the number. It's not 14. It's four. That's a close game in the National Football League. <laughs> well, because I'm saying, I, to me, like I, I get it. A win is a win is a win. You'll take them however you can get it. But yeah. you got to make a statement here if you're the Giants. The last two times we've seen no, you no, no, play no, football. No? No, no. no? no statements. No. Get a W. Get out of Dodge. That's Just it? Another dash. That's it, baby. 78-7, to 7, Sal. That's the, that's the losses to the Eagles and the Cowboys the last two times we've seen them on the field in competitive football. I can't ask you to follow that up with a statement against a team that is the worst in the league that's not trying to win games. I mean, they're trying to win, but we know big picture it would be better for them not to win. All you got to do is get out of Dodge with a win. The statement would be a W. That's all you got to do. <laughs> All right, let's let's go to uh, Buffalo. Uh, are we hitting the panic button too early about Josh Allen? Because, you know, since he's come into the league, he does have the most turnovers in football. Or is this a legitimate problem that could stymie Buffalo in their pursuit of, you know, finally winning the Super Bowl? No, I don't think it's – I think it's a legitimate problem, and they got to fix it clearly. And I think Josh Allen understands that. I mean, you can't go on the road uh, on Monday Night Football – and play a Jets team that just lost their quarterback in devastating fashion and, and turned the ball four, over four times. That, that's just inexcusable. He knows it. The organization knows it. Sean McDermott knows it. They all understand that. And, and how about the Eagles? I, you know, I started the you know introduction by saying they, they, they won on Thursday night, but for some reason the narrative around Philadelphia, or at least people talking about uh, the defending NFC champions, is that they're not as impressive. And I just look at 2-0, and and I'm like, they've won 18 of their last 22 games. They were in the Super Bowl. They're undefeated right now. Like, what's all this panic? Does it make sense to you? It does not. And I don't get the sense of panic here in Philadelphia. I would get the sense of, okay, we're paying attention. We know that they're in a fight. Listen, I was at ball, ball, both ball games. Let's take them separately. Uh, in Foxborough, the starters hadn't played a lick in the preseason. Jalen Hurts in the offense clearly was not ready for Bill Belichick's superior ability to adjust, and he was terrific. So that's one. But they realized that they were in a fight. They were in a fight. And come halftime, they came out ready to fight. 
and they won a game on the road, hard to do, on the road in Foxborough against Bill Belichick, still harder to do uh, when you're not playing your best football. So I was impressed by that. you got to find a way to win. That's what the NFL is all about. They lost the Super Bowl by three points. Kansas City found a way to win. Uh, the second game against the Vikings, the Vikings were super desperate. They made some mistakes, and the Eagles cashed in. That's the bottom line. They did. They found, again, found a way to win. Now, part C is they got a lot to clean up, and they got a lot of time to do it. It's early in the season. They don't play now until it's Monday Night Football against the Bucks. I don't know what that spread is early on, but I like Todd Bowles a lot. I like this defense that they run. Uh, the last time that Jalen Hurts was there, he lost to Tom Brady in a wild card game that uh, really launched his complete change as a player. He wants to go down there and win. Todd Bowles wants to prevent him. That's going to be a super close game, super close, tough game for the Eagles to win. I'm not I'm looking at two other games uh, tomorrow. Uh, let's start with you know Kansas City. Chris Jones makes his return. He signed that one-year contract, and then looks like Kelsey's going to play as well. On the other side, they've got Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, who barely beat the Colts last week. But you know this is a team that people have high hopes on. What are your expectations for this game? Yeah, I think this is a game where Kansas City does not want to start 0-2. And uh, Andy Reid off the bye is insanely good. I don't know the exact numbers, but you can look them up. Yeah. He's so good at, off the bye. So this is a game that I think where the Kansas City Chiefs bounce back. And then tomorrow night we've got Dolphins, Patriots. You were just in Foxborough. Uh, what do you see happening in this game? And the Patriots can't hang with the Dolphins. Can't hang. Dolphins have got too much firepower in offense now. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. The Patriots' defense is good. But the Dolphins' offense is much more explosive than the Eagles. I don't see – you know, we have a great piece on the NFL matchup show tomorrow morning done by Darius Butler on Tyreek Hill. And you watch this piece that Darius Butler does on Tyreek Hill, and you will be blown away about, you know, okay, they're year two together now. Tua is healthy. Mike McDaniel and Tua now two years together, calling plays. There's a level of confidence about this team offensively that I don't think the Patriots can handle. Mm. Even with the defense being elite. Yeah. <laughs> well, it should be a fun one. Uh, appreciate you joining the show, Sal. Uh, giving us some time on a Saturday. Looking forward to to watching you, you know, all over the coverage tomorrow for week two. Thanks for joining the program, man. Have a, a great rest of your day. Hey, Ty, any time for you, man. Love your show. Respect what you do. Thank you for uh, reaching out to me. I really appreciate it. And happy week two to everybody. Thank you so much. What a, what a great guy Sal Powell is. And he's excellent on football, as we know. He's been doing this for quite some time. And it's you know an honor and a pleasure to get him on the program. So you know, excited for him to do that. And hopefully we get to hear from him again uh, sometime soon throughout the season. 800-919-3776. We will continue to talk football. Uh, I've been teasing it all show. We still have to get into the baseball conversation with the Mets hiring David Stearns. Uh, the Yankees losing Dominguez. Giannis said something a couple days ago that, you know, drew the ire of some people. And by the way, tonight, I'm not a big college football guy, 
But I am so pumped for Colorado, Colorado State. I mean, Jay Novell, what the hell are you thinking? Go Deion Sanders. We'll talk about that. 800-919-3776. Ty Butler going until 630. Right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Time to decide. Are you in or are you out? And let's do it. Let's do it. So we're going to bring the producers in on this one. They're going to throw a couple statements at me. I got to tell them whether or not I'm in or out on said statement. So let's do it. Let's start it off. What do you got, guys? Uh, So I'm going to start here. First statement. Eagles back to the Super Bowl. Am I in or out on the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl? I I, Yeah. (sighs) I do have some stats here if that helps. Go ahead. Let's ponder. So, uh, the Eagles played the Vikings last year and this year. So, let's compare both games. The Eagles versus Vikings, week two, 2022. They won 24-7. Jalen Hurts was 26-31, 333 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, Miles Sanders, 17 carries, 80 yards. Dallas Goddard, uh, five receptions for 82 yards. This year, they won 34 for 28, week two as well. Hurt, 18 for 23, 193 yards, one touchdown and interception. DeAndre Swift, 28 carries, 175 yards, a touchdown. Devontae Smith, four receptions, 131 yards, a touchdown. So, Comparing those two games, and they also now have a new OCN defensive coordinator compared to last year. All right, so am I in or out on the Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl? Let's look at this. As you mentioned, they lost Shane Steichen uh, to the head coaching job uh, to the Colts. He he goes there. They lose uh, Jonathan Gannon, of course. He goes to Arizona, their defensive coordinator. So, I mean, that is a reason to... You know, have your doubts about whether or not this team can get back to where they were last year, considering there is a such thing as a Super Bowl hangover. There are a lot of people who want to see Jalen Hurts do it again, right? Like, he finished second in MVP voting last year. I think he would have won the award if he didn't get hurt. But there's, like, this element of got to see you do it again for us to fully believe you. Uh, I'm going to be in on the Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl. I know the, the wins aren't impressive enough. They only beat the Pats by five. And then, you know, the Vikings were in that game late. I think 2-0 should be taken as 2-0, right? Like, they've won 18 of their last 22 games. They were a half away from beating probably the greatest quarterback maybe we've ever seen just as far as talent is concerned Brady's the GOAT but Mahomes you've never seen anything like him I think the Eagles yes they've lost some pieces uh they have lost uh, some key pieces on their team but I do think that given what they have at quarterback and I know Nick Sirianni is leaves a lot to be desired I'm, I'm gonna be in on the Eagles getting back to the Super Bowl I love their offense. Their defense, their secondary leaves some question marks. But I think the Eagles will get back to to, to, to the Super Bowl. I'm in on it. Next. Okay, I'm going next. Uh, with the changes that the Knicks have made in the offseason. Okay. Yes. Let's do it. Uh, are you in or out that they will make the Eastern Conference Finals? Oh, I'm out on this because you look at, well, first of all, it's not even just a Knicks problem. It's just what the rest of the conference looks like. Milwaukee 
assuming Giannis is healthy, which he wasn't in the first three games of that Heat series, you'd have to believe that they're going to be the favorites. I know KP's been dealing with some injuries too, but I think that with with Porzingis, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, their ceiling is higher than it was with what you had left of Marcus Smart. I think he's going to start to tail off. And there's no disrespect to him. like He's the heart and soul of that team. But I just feel like with what Kristaps Porzingis can give you in concert with that all-star duo, I think their ceiling is higher. We have no idea what's going on with two teams. Philadelphia with James Harden. Doesn't look like he wants to play for them. Miami. like The expectation all offseason long was that Dean was going to end up there. Uh, but, you know, he's still in Portland. So those are the two teams you're concerned about. Uh, the, the Cavs did lose to the Knicks in the first round, but they added Max Struess, which helps their three-point shooting. I just think that at the top of the conference with Boston and with Milwaukee, the Knicks aren't going to get past them. Like, even if they can find a way to beat Philadelphia or beat Cleveland, you're running into, in the second round, Boston or Milwaukee. So I'm out on the Knicks getting to the conference finals. Next. So, next one here. Colorado to the college football playoffs. Oh, man. I got to tell you. So, I'm not a big college football fan, but I am excited about this uh, Colorado story because Deion Sanders has become, let's call it, the biggest star in college football. It's incredible. Have some more uh, stats or comments if that helps you. go ahead let me let me hear what you got so last year they were one and 11 lost by an average of 30 games last year two and oh haven't beaten tcu who was the runner-up yep. in nebraska they're currently ranked 18th and have five ranked teams on their schedule and one top five which is usc but they are still in the pac-12 so here's the thing. Dion was already coming into the season fueled by the noise of him being a sellout. Those were rooting, you know, those people were rooting against him. They wanted to see his downfall because of it. Now he's got 87 new players a part of this program. He has them as the most exciting story in all of college football at 2 0. Uh, last week, as you mentioned, they destroyed Nebraska 36-14, to and this sent the message that week one was no fluke. And I know TCU not as good as they were when they were in the conference, um, when they were in the title game last year, but still beating TCU is a big deal. Deion Sanders in Colorado is coming for y'all. Shador Sanders, how about this? First two games, 903 yards, six touchdowns. Travis Hunter, we know he's sensational on both sides of the ball, you know, as a pass catcher and as, you know, as someone who is able to, you know, play defense as well. But am I in on them getting to the college football playoff? (sighs) Man, I would love to say, yeah, you know what? I'm in. I'm in. I'm sold. I want to see them beat the hell out of Colorado State tonight because Jay Norvell was talking crazy. You know, he was looking for clout. Earlier in the week, we had no idea who he was. And he was all complimentary of Dion. Said, oh, you know, Dion's got a lot of critics. I'm not one of them. I love what he's been able to do. He also brought up the fact that he's an African-American coach, so that adds some substance to it, which, you know, is a great accomplishment, seeing him get that that opportunity and excel in it. And then he went the other way, and it's like, oh, you know, my mom taught me that when I talk to grown adults, I take my sunglasses and my hat off. So he was just trying to make a name for himself. I don't know if I actually... 
I don't know if I'm opposed to it. Maybe I respect the fact that he wanted to use this platform and use Deion Sanders for some clout. But they're going to get their you-know-what's handed to them tonight. So I'll be in on Colorado. They're going to be 3-0 at the end of tonight. I want to see it. Deion Sanders, get to the college football playoff in your first year D1. That would be fun. Next. Okay. Shohei Otani. Next season. This is post-UCL and oblique injury. He wants to go to the Yankees for a bigger contract than Judge. Are you in or are you out? So I would be in on the Yankees acquiring him. I'm out on that happening. So just to you know catch up on Otani. So the Angels put him on the IL today, ending his season. Uh, he's got an oblique injury that sidelined him for the last 11 games. We saw yesterday the report came out that his locker was cleared. And then there was this video of him walking through the airport. So, you know, we saw that his season was over. I don't think that he's coming to the Yankees. If I had to guess, just per all the reports, he's going to either stay with the Angels or go to the Dodgers. More of a West Coast guy. I would love for the Yankees to get him, but I just don't think it's going to happen. By the way, I do want to throw this out there. Because, you know, I mentioned that video that's going around on Twitter. Someone posted him walking, you know, at a, you know walking through an airport in Japan after clearing out his locker and you know, with the Angels. And people are joking around. Yeah, he's had it. He's done. The best player in baseball and one that most people argue could be the greatest ever player in baseball has yet to appear in what I would call a big game. Never played in a big game. Angels have come nowhere close to making the playoffs. This was actually the closest they've gotten when they were right in the thick of things around the trade deadline. Never played in a playoff game. That's bad for baseball. It's bad. You have to have your best players in the most marquee matchups with the nation watching. Shohei, Mike Trout, not in the playoffs. This year, Aaron Judge not in the playoffs. Look, the Padres, the Mets, like all these, these teams with marquee stars not being in the playoffs is not good for the product. But, you know, long way to say I am out on Shohei coming to the Yankees. Not that I don't want him. I just don't think that's going to happen. Next. Last one. Garrett Wilson to win Offensive Player of the Year and or Sauce Gardner to win Defensive Player of the Year. So I am going to be out on both of those things. I think Garrett would have had a better chance if Rodgers were the quarterback. The Jets are going to now go to a more you know, run-heavy offense just because of the lack of confidence in Zach. The more you throw, the more you expose him to those boneheaded plays of running backwards and forcing uh, forcing the ball into coverages like he did against the Bills where he threw that, that just dumb interception. So I'm out on that. And with Sauce, I think there's a chance he could be there. But this, there's just too much talent on that side of the ball for me to disrespect you know, everyone else and say that a second second year player. Like he was the defensive rookie of the year last year, but defensive player of the year this year, I just don't see it happening. I mean, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, like there's just so much out there. So much. So many different directions you can go in. I, I don't think it's going to happen. But great job, guys. Those are the producers giving us NR out. We're going to do that tomorrow, uh, myself and Brandon Jacobs, when we do our football show from 11 to 2.15, leading you into coverage of the Jets and the Cowboys live from Jerry World. Should be a fun game. The spread is nine and a half. Maybe they could keep it close. And if they're in it late, could Dak throw the ball to the other team as he did last year where he led the league in interceptions? 
We'll see. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls when we return. Right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. It's only week two, but uh, on what planet are, are we carving out a path for the rest of this season mattering if after getting spanked by the Cowboys by 40, you lose to a team that could be the worst in football? And then you've got to go to San Francisco before returning home to play the Seahawks. Then you're at Miami at Buffalo. You're staring at 0-6 if you don't win this game tomorrow. So, yes, their season's on the line. And meanwhile, the Jets, opportunity for Zach Wilson to silence the doubters. The rightful doubters, because what we've seen in his first 23 games has not been pretty, to say the least. And you could make a case the Jets right now, tomorrow, will be marching out the worst quarterback, the worst starting quarterback in all of football against maybe the best defense, which is why that spread is nine and a half. So you got to show us something, Zach. You got to show us something. Noel's in New Jersey at 800-919-3776. What's up, Noel? Hey, Ty. What's going on? Can you hear me? Yes, man. I got you. What's up? Hey, man, listen, um, uh, long-time Jets fans, grew up in Elmont, New York, played football at the D1 level. Uh, I've been, you know, I'm 43 years old. I finally sprung for season tickets this year. I'm sitting in rows 109, and that happened. Oh, I was man. crushed. <laughs> I would have cried anyway, and left the stadium, bro. I, I, well, I, to be honest, I left at halftime, um, you know, and I'm, I'm glad they won. Let me just say this. I understand the game pretty well. This you, You've heard the term force multiplier, right? Yes, of course. Zach's a, Zach's a force detractor. <laughs> yeah. let, me tell you why, let me tell you why. Oh, man. Our defense is about a 95 out of 100. Mm-hmm. When they have to continually go on the field over and over and over again, it makes them a 75 defense because they just get burnt out. Mm-hmm. Okay, they can't play at their top level. That's number one. Number two, all right, Zach, the coaches, it's, I, I, somebody's got to fall on Joe Douglas's head. You're, you're getting a 39-year-old quarterback, and you don't have a legit backup. What about Boyle? Look at the preseason. When they played against the Giants, Zach got in there. He couldn't. Get the ball in the end zone. It was field goal happy. Three points. Three points. Ball comes in, two consecutive touchdowns and, a, and an extra point. So to me, listen, he might throw a pick or two, but at least he has command of the offense. Meaning, when you look at Zach throw the ball, right? Zach throws the ball like you know uh, a jump up. He doesn't lead the receivers. That's the problem. And he can get receivers killed. He's got a lot of problems. I, I I do wonder, Noel, you know, because of how much they've invested in him, you know, does that play into why they have to have a little bit of a, a, a longer leash than you would if he was just some, you know, regular, regular quarterback who was coming up in here? Because the numbers and the, the eye test would suggest he should no longer be on the team. Like, it's been that much of a disaster. You fall in love with his talent and his abilities, but just when, like when we got to the point last year when outsiders just looking at the poor performance, we were impugning his leadership, that told me all I needed to know. Listen, I, I saw that leadership problem firsthand against the Detroit Lions last year. You know, the TV timeout before the game starts. Everybody's in the end zone right before the game starts, and the whole team is getting each other psyched in the huddle. My man, Zach, is across the, the, uh, the goal, I mean, not the goal line, across the end zone by himself. 
looking at his wristband. Like, dude, get in with the team. Be a part Man, I'm losing you, Noel, on the phone, but I'm, I'm losing you on the phone line. I appreciate the call, though. Great call, man. Yeah, and, and then we go back to at BYU. Why wasn't he a team captain? So we've seen signs of, like, you know, the the flaws, right, the, the character traits that are questionable. And now we are asking this guy after being benched not once but twice last year. And essentially this this nasty public divorce playing out for everyone to watch. Bench twice, teammates disliked him, Mike White rallied the troops. And it wasn't like Mike White was putting up video game numbers. He just won a game and they decided, you know what, this guy is actually capable of playing football. He's much better than Zach. We're gonna wear his t shirts. So after all of that, he's got to come in here and be the savior and salvage this season where I keep giving you the stat. In 23 games, he's completed 55% of his passes. Well, good luck with that against Dallas and against New England and against the Chiefs with Chris Jones back and then against Denver, then against Philadelphia. (laughs) Boy, the next five weeks are going to be something to watch. Uh, We wrap up the show. Last half hour coming up next. Ty Butler going until 630 right here on 98.7 ESPN.